previously on the Dave and Steve show. Finally made a monkey out of me. <laughs> so, yeah, Steve, how about you? I have something else. Okay. I don't really have anything else. All say. right. Yeah. I know that guy from somewhere. And sure enough, Dukes of Hazard, and I don't think the Dukes of Hazard and BJ and the Bear had a crossover, but oh my God, if they would have had a crossover. Have. Oh, that would have been. Could you imagine one of those two hour specials? Yeah. They, oh. they, well, like, that's the other thing I was going to say is when I made the point about, you know, you can't have a pet because you need to make your deliveries. You also can't make those deliveries if you don't have your arms. Are you a, are you are you a good little kitty? Meow. Hey. <laughs> tears your nuts off, tears your arms off, gouges your eyeballs out, and eats your ears. We are great man, on, boy. Show number 26 of the Dave and Steve Show. I am Dave, sitting right alongside me, a mere 27 miles away is Steve. Buenos dias, Dave and Steve listeners. And from parts unknown, the lovely and buxom Tracy. I've had the BJ and the Bear theme song stuck in my head all week. Often. Oh yeah, you think you got it bad? You, you, you've had that stuck in your head all week. I actually sent an email to BJ. That's that's how my, that's what I that's what that last episode did to me. I is, sent an email to BJ. Is his email address BJ at andthebear.com? <laughs> I wish it was, but I I really want to get uh, Greg Evigan on and. Uh, uh, I hope he listens to this ep- the opening of this episode because he'll he'll definitely hear that we we will we will give him some love. So yeah, I owe him an apology for thinking he was Canadian. <laughs> and I totally hijacked Dave's um, opening. He always goes into his spiel. And no, I no, totally... no, no, no. This is fine. I think we spent a good forty five minutes on the last episode talking BJ and the Bear, so I feel like we should just kick this show off with another solid forty five minutes of BJ and the Bear conversation I, before we. I think we need a spinoff podcast completely just... dedicated to BJ and the Bear. Total. We could yeah. go through every episode. Now, now, I mean, now, listen. I I wanted to start this episode off actually kind of a little pissed off, and you guys aren't helping my mood at all because. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> when when we started this podcast. And when we all agreed that we were going to return to this podcast, one of the things that we agreed on very quickly was that we wouldn't talk politics. We wouldn't talk coronavirus. We would keep all of the very serious conversation very light. We would try to just uh, limit the poo poo and pee pee. I think I remember that too. (laughs) We we cut that down by 15%. We would just, we would just try to have fun. We would try to take people's minds off of things and then we have a week like we just had and it's as though someone is screwing with us seeing how much they can poke us and not have us react like this is there is some kind of social experiment going on with this show right now because as i watch the events of this week unfold and i'm sure listen this week was bonkers It's not going to get any less bonkers anytime soon. But you guys have to admit, on the on the bonkers Richter scale, this this week had the needle moving. It may have peaked today with with a with a headline that I saw from Newsweek. The headline from Newsweek was um, Trump campaign calls out 
Biden campaign for not having firsthand uh, experience with COVID-19 like Trump has since he has had COVID-19. And I had to look to see if, was it McSweeney's? Was it The Onion? The Onion, yeah. yeah. No, it was Newsweek. It was Newsweek. And and that 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 may have killed satire and irony. Complete I just dead. I, I, I'm I'm watching I'm watching the news tonight. And before anybody jumps my shit about which news organization I watch or how left or right wing the one I watch sways, I watch them all every single night. If I'm going to watch the news, I try to watch a different perspective of some kind because there are there are certainly news organizations where I watch on nights and I think to myself, how can anyone buy what this organization puts out? And which organization it is doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is, I'm sure I'm not alone. There's lots of people who believe one organization and not the other. As I was watching tonight, I was just thinking to myself, like, there was a time, and Tracy, I know, not that Steve's not, but I know Tracy is very patriotic. And I know mm-hmm. you've always been very proud of this country. And there were times this week, and it doesn't, listen, I'm, I'm not going to, I don't have to say what the specifics are. There were times this week where it's very difficult to be proud to be an American. And you guys can hate on me if you want. You can send your shitty emails if you want or whatever you want to do. It's, it is what it is. And it was really difficult at times to watch the news, to digest the news. So then we come to do a show like this. It's incredibly difficult to back pocket all of that and just say, oh, we're going to do a show about all this other stuff. We're not even, wait, we got a great big convoy, like Steve would say. (laughs) (laughs) And, And not let this affect in some way. And it's really hard to frankly talk around it more and more as each day goes on, as we get closer and closer to this insanity of an election i have no trouble i have no trouble talking around it at (laughs) all Uh, i share the disappointment with you i feel like where the inside of the house uh has uh issues but we got it under control but the front porch is uh makes the whole house look like hell for the from the street level yeah we have very bad curb appeal right now so our curb appeals is real bad even though uh it's and i talked to uh friends that are outside of the country living in uh western europe and uh they ask uh, what their perspective of things are is absolutely uh insane and so uh, you feel like you're talking uh the world down but nope i have no problem talking about it at all i (laughs) don't care and also i don't watch any of the news ever i I, so i have a completely so of course i have a different take on on it um i um i understand that i mean no no it's too deep um i'm not i'm not too deep i'm saying that the that the the topic is just it's too deep i do want to point out that the corona president thing is not the only crazy thing that happened in politics this week oh no that's my point like they, it, i i'm not pointing out any one specific thing at all this yeah. was a this was a, a week off the that just broke the needle on the richter scale i mean i mean north carolina has a senate race where the, um one of the senators caught COVID and the other Senator was caught in a sexting scandal. 
And the one that was caught in the sexting scandal was like nine points ahead and about to take a seat for the minority party. And now that race is what? No, who the hell knows what's going to happen? Right, right. It's, it's going to, and, and I'm, I'm like, you know, so there, it's, it's not just one party or the other. They're both really bananas. Right yeah. So, so <laughs> on that, good. on that sort of note of like all the chaos going on, all of the things going on in the world. So I've, I've said a few times on the show, I've got this shoulder that's been nagging me for quite a while. I've been doing physical therapy on it for quite a while. So on Friday, I go in to get an MRI on it. Now, just so everybody is aware, for context, I've had many MRIs. I've had well over 15 MRIs in my That's life. That's not because, an exaggeration. Correct. Many because of I've known you. Yes. back problems and, and lots of things. So I've, I've been in an MRI tube many, many times. And maybe you already know where this is going now. But so I arrive at this facility and they tell me they've got to inject dye into my shoulder. And of course it is, we're in the, we're in the day and age of COVID. So it's all, you know, you've got to wear a mask. And not only, this was the first time I had been in a medical facility where I came in wearing a mask and they told me that mask was not substantial enough. And they gave me one of their masks. They, they got out, you know, out of their little box and gave me a mask. So I put that on and immediately, listen, I know, you know, I've worn the N95s before. I know... Those are serious masks. They're not letting a lot of stuff get through. They also hamper your breathing a fair amount. And so I was not used to wearing one of those masks. So I had that mask on. The first thing they do is they take me into a room. They tell me they got to inject dye into my shoulder. Uh, contrast. And so they put this giant needle into my shoulder. I've been around enough needles. I don't mind. But this needle was particularly large and it was incredibly painful. When they injected the dye, it felt like I was getting shocked down my bicep. And it really... I did not like it at all, as you would expect. Felt like I was grabbing an electric fence. Like when I was a kid, and we would dare each other to grab. An, that's what it felt like. So now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm stressed a amp, because amped up. Yeah. yeah. And then on top of that, the the what I found out later is I had so much scar tissue and every the area was so agitated. She was the the uh, medical assistant was literally needing to use both of her thumbs to push the plunger down on the contrast needle because she was ha having a hard time getting through everything to actually inject it into my shoulder. So not she's a, gone through your body and she's injecting it into the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Dave's got like Luke Cage style skin where he yeah. like they can't even get yeah. there's no so, Sorry, you're going to need something adamantium. And this is this needle. is what happens cuz now this is going to dovetail into another story. I have to tell really quick. The shitty hospital in the in the town that I used to live in before I moved to the house that I'm in now. <laughs> I was in there for a, a a surgery, a major surgery once where they had to like literally split my stomach open, do all this work on me. So I, because I had been in the hospital so long, after a while, IVs go, the, the veins go bad. They collapse and they have to move the IV to a different spot. Well, I had been in there for so long, they had moved it a few times. So they had decided that they were going to put it this time in my forearm. So they put the IV in, they hooked me up to the saline, the painkillers, all that kind of stuff. Nurse leaves the room. A couple hours later, my wife comes by for a visit and she comes around to the side of the bed that has the IV in it and her eyes get huge. And she is like, what is going on with your arm? Well, I was on so many painkillers and things. I, I didn't notice anything, but I lifted my arm up and I had a Popeye forearm. It looked like I was holding a, a basketball inside my forearm. Like it was massive. And 
I was like, I, you know, I'm drugged. I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't, that's weird. <laughs> so I've been eating my spinach. So what had happened was the last person to put the IV in had literally put it through the vein into the other side, and it was literally just filling. And because my arm was laying on the bed, it was just filling up with saline solution and whatever else was in that, the IV, and literally just gave me this. I looked pretty awesome on one side of my body, yeah. but anyway. So that's awesome. Hey, uh, nurse, is this is this okay? No, that, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. incorrect. That's and incorrect. and and the nurse played it off as like, oh, this happens sometimes. It'll just drain out. It's fine. No big deal. M meanwhile, you know, they're in the other room firing the poor woman. That probably. Anyway, this past Friday. <clears throat> so now I've got the mask on. I've had this contrast injected into me. They take me into the room with the MRI machine. And even though this is a state-of-the-art medical facility where I'm at, the MRI machine, like every MRI machine I've ever seen, looks like it was built in 1927. It looks like it has, it's hooked to one of the NASA computers that is like a warehouse big, and it's got all these weird blinking lights on it. It is, it does not look state-of-the-art. And the tube, you would think as... <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> it's like there's two 12 year old boys running around trying yeah. to fill it with coal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I have read a lot of horror stories about those pre World War II MRI machines. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yes. so, you would think as technology improved, which this obviously hadn't, the tube itself would get bigger. But the tube, as long as I have been alive, every tube I've been in on an MRI machine has been the same size, and they have to do the same thing with me every time. Typically, they grab both of my shoulders as though they're giving me some kind of weird hug where they're squishing my shoulders together, and they literally have to squeeze them together to get me to fit in the tube because I have broad shoulders. This time, I was in this strange thing. I had one shoulder had to go into this weird sheath thing that held it in place because that's the one they were MRIing. So they had to really pull on the other one. They were, like, basically squeezing me together to get me to slide into this thing. So now I'm in the tube. Everything's fine. I've been in a tube many times. Yes, it's a tight fit. Not a big deal. You guys may remember a couple of shows ago, I said I have this fear of being buried alive. This is a newfound fear. It was never anything that had manifested itself in any type of real-world scenario. I started thinking about talking about that on the show. Oh, Steve, you should have gone with puppies and balloons. I am, I am thinking I about... Because I'm in this tight tube, so what am I thinking of? Oh, this is almost like being in a coffin. Oh, I remember talking about this on the show to Steve and Tracy. Now I'm in the tube. I can't breathe because I have a, a heavy-duty mask on. It's making it difficult to breathe. I am squished in super tight. I don't want to make it sound like I'd been in there for 30 seconds because I hadn't. The, they told me that the entire testing would take anywhere from 20 to 25 minutes. I had been in there probably 15 minutes at this point. Maybe, you know, 17, 18 minutes, but around 15 minutes. My head went completely flush. I actually saw stars. My yeah. head felt like it was on fire i started breathing rapidly now you're in this tube and your arms are pinned to your side one of them is in a contraption that won't let you move at all even if i could move my arms there's no way i could get up to my face to pull the mask off to be able to breathe better because that was my first thought if i can just get the mask off who cares nobody's in the room with me i'll just breathe normally and i'll feel a lot better i can't the first thing i did yeah 
was I hit my hand on the tube like when I tried to lift it up to reach for the mask. And now you can't, <clears throat> and then the panic's out. Oh, now gosh. the panic is. Yeah. And I've never had a response like this to anything like this before. They had given me the, they have, it's a little squeezy ball attached to this airline. You squeeze that, and it basically calls into the room where the guy's doing the scanning. And he's, you know, he comes on the, oh, uh, yeah, can I help you, Mr. Johnson? And I was just like, you have to get me out of this tube right now. He didn't say anything. He, You just heard the click of his door, the click of my door, and then I was pulled out. I was shaking. My feet were shaking so badly I couldn't, like, I was still laying flat on the table, and I could see my feet, and they were wobbling back and forth. Yeah, yeah. I had such an adrenaline rush that my entire body was convulsing, and he just kept saying, you know, Calm down, calm down. Everything's all right. You're here in this room. We're just, you know, you we're having an MRI. As though I was completely knocked out. He was talking to me like, you know, a, a child. He said, and, and "Is nothing's any- more soothing than being told to calm down?" Right. When you, yeah. He definitely. said, "Has is there an adult from your?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He said, "Has anything like this happened to you before?" And I said, "No." He said, this has started to become more and more common. We're seeing this more and more, and we think it is the result of two things. Outside stimulus of the world basically blowing up around us, at least here in the States, and the masks. You put the masks on people, they have a hard time breathing. For those who are right on the edge of not liking being in the tube and all that kind of stuff, it sort of sends them over the edge. Because he said, we have seen... He said, this used to be a thing where... You know, once every five days, once a week, something like that, we would have to pull somebody out of the tube. He's like, now I'm doing this two times a day for people. Mm. And we believe it is because of the masks. And I said, do do people have to wear the masks in this room? There's nobody in here with me. And he said, yeah, it's still the policy. You got to wear the mask while you're in the tube. And then he said, but I can put you back in the tube and take the mask off if you think it would help. Oh, (laughs) well, then it's not really a policy i mean it's kind of a it's kind of a nice to go by kind of thing but i was i I was still shaking so badly i basically said no i i can't i'm done like we're gonna and i said do you think we have enough on the test and luckily he went back into the other room he came back and he said you made it through three quarters of the testing you made it through the important ones that were the contrast ones that we wanted to see the others are kind of nice to haves for the doctors so it's not that big of a deal Worst is round. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. just there doing doing it for the for the interns or just practicing. He said, he, he said worst case scenario is that if you if the doctor were to need the extra testing, you come back, we write you a prescription for Valium, you have your wife drive you home, and you won't even remember that you were in the tube, which fine. So I had this major freak out. I had have you guys ever had a panic at like a full blown because this was again this was new for me i had never had anything like this before have you guys had anything close to this yes uh yeah i had uh uh one i think anxiety attack yeah for sure in my life where uh enough where it felt like uh something was you know on my chest and you know couldn't breathe i feel like it could be a heart attack and just freaking out now, Tracy, I think you made this point, maybe even when we were chatting a little bit on Facebook, uh, you you made the point to call it an anxiety attack. What's the difference between a panic attack and an anxiety attack? I don't know if it's semantics or not, uh, so I'm certainly not an expert on it, but uh, it's, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know. 
Okay. I, I, All right. I think that I, in, I really in, was asking. I didn't know in, if there was in a my, difference in my culture where we come from. My, my people, <laughs> right. we we call them anxiety attacks. He literally was in a band called Stop the Panic. Yeah. Yes, that, so that is true. Yes, he had to go proving. to he had to go to anxiety. That's because yeah. StopTheAnxiety.com was taken. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and he's <laughs> never he has never forgiven that. Right. Word. Yeah. And the banner the banner would just cost too much to uh, to print. It was. Uh, <laughs> So we thought we needed a. How about you, Steve? Have you ever had car. anything remotely like that, or or even not remotely like? <laughs> have you ever there had any this, experience? There was this one time on the skydiver. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've had a proper panic attack. Um, I mean, I've crapped my pants at Denmark Pond. <laughs> I mean, that's sure. That, that's not really. That's not. Yeah. Um, it's not anxiety or panic. I, I yeah, you just be, had I, to poop. Yeah, I mean that was, was. I just had one in the chamber, yeah. and it went, yeah. it went off while I was cleaning it. Boom. That, yeah. So, um, I I don't. It would be improper for me to say that I've had an actual anxiety attack um, because I don't think that I have. Um, those feel like uh, kind of like you're having. I mean, I guess there's different. Uh, different symptoms for different people, but I don't feel like I've had one of those. I mean, I've been freaked out before right. and I've been, I've been, you know, messed up. And I think I've been in shock before, but I don't think I've had an anxiety or panic attack. Well, and that's thankfully, so, so that's, it's, it's, there's nothing to be ashamed of for having them. It's, it's, it's definitely something that is, you know, probably it's a response. When you said people, it's because of, the the surroundings of COVID and Netflix is what I thought what he was going to say. The, yes, the two things that have done it. People have watched all the wrong things on Netflix because there's nothing left to watch. So I I have had experiences before where I have had to breathe, I've had to take deep breaths, I've had to try to count in my head, all those types of things to calm myself down. <clears throat> this was a completely different feeling to where I didn't even bother trying to count or saying to myself like, Hey, right. you're safe or any, I couldn't, there was none of that. There was no, yeah, you've like, gone beyond the point where you can ground yourself. Correct. Complete correct. fight or flight. Correct. Right? So yeah. 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 Um, so, okay. So, uh, the, so the, the, the results of the MRI I got today, uh, went through them with my surgeon. I have, for those of you wondering at home, cause I know there's many of you wondering, I have a slack mm -hmm. tear in my bicep, and I have a partial tear of my rotator. Wait, 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 wait. Let me go to the board and see who had that in the pool. <laughs> right? Who yeah, had slack tear? Oh, oh, yeah, it's listener Kendra. <laughs> she, had, she had that. <laughs> so uh, surgery is required. Uh, they're going to go in, and they basically told me that they, where your bicep normally connects to your shoulder, there's not much surface area there to connect, so they can't repair it right there. So what they do is they literally cut it, and they reattach your bicep much lower on your shoulder to a spot where there's way more surface area. He said your shoulder and your bicep will function exactly as they do now. There's no risk to it. It's done all the time. It just alleviates the pain. And then the partial tear on the rotator, they're literally going to go in and score that. They're going to scrape it at the tear. And what that does is it causes it to bleed and regenerate. And they said what typically happens is if you do that, it will regenerate stronger. 
I'm hoping that I can be like that kid in that one baseball movie. I was was just going to say, you're going to ask him if they could just amp it up a little bit and you can throw 103 mile an hour fastball. Right. Right. I am, I am left. I am right-handed and this is my left shoulder. So I'm still going to look incredibly awkward trying to throw with that arm. Yeah. Oh my God. It'll look stupid, but wow. The velocity will be just incredible. Yeah. 106 miles an hour. So that is um, that's that's the update on my on my shoulder. You guys now know that I had a full blown panic attack and and all that stuff happened. Um, the one last thing I will say is remember I think last show maybe the show before that I said I'd gotten the Peloton check with me in January and I would be telling you how much I initially I would say how how great it is. It's the greatest piece of machinery I've ever purchased in my life because I spent a lot of money on it. Come January it's going to be awful. It didn't take to January. It's okay. r- it's right now. It makes my ass hurt. I sweat like a, a pig on that thing. Uh, and frankly, the instructors are way too bubbly. I want to punch each one of them in the face when they tell me I need to pedal harder. Well, we need to get you that, that tractor seat, like I said, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, with right. the big springs underneath yeah. it, like yeah. the, like the cruiser bike. Don't yeah. get the don't get the little you know uh, business end of the baseball bat. <laughs> going. Yeah. So, let's, all right, all right, let's, uh, yeah, dealer's choice. Let's go to Tracy. Tracy, what'd you do last week? Well, I went to the doctor too, which uh, in this time, so I had like uh, several doctor's appointments lined up when this whole thing hit. And then all my doctors said, we don't want to see you. Right. So they're like, you know, if you're still alive, when, when we start scheduling again, then we'll see you. Now, can and, we, uh, can we, uh, in all honesty, on them, are you comfortable talking about, on the show what sure yeah so i mean uh, i'm in the i'm going into the fifth year of my five-year post uh kidney cancer sort of treatment and so uh by treatment meaning that uh they just monitored uh to make sure that um they're not sure what i will die of and so far (laughs) they are unclear like what i will eventually die of which is awesome and so, uh, so I had to go back and get all these appointments. Uh, and so I had just, uh, like was getting it all at once. So, uh, anyway, uh, uh, blood out, lots of things in and never in the places you want them. Right. So just, uh, just draw your own conclusions there. But so they said to me, um, uh, have you ever had, um, a, a shingles, uh, shot before? So I told them I had not. And so they said, well, we're going to have to, we're going to have to do one. And so that, that what they said, this one's a tough one because it it actually gives you um, flu like symptoms uh, for a day or two, which uh, kind of stinks because, uh, because of my kids going to campus, uh, I'm part of an affidavit that says I don't have these symptoms. Right. You don't exist. So like, I'm like, symptoms. I need some kind of paperwork that says, you know, you gave me something that has like, uh, you know, garden variety symptoms for everything that makes you feel bad in the world and in the history of the world. So, right. Uh, they did. And, and, uh, yeah, I didn't feel good for a couple, a couple of days, but, um, uh, that uh but it was okay because the weather stunk this weekend and i had nothing else to do except sit around and complain so that's (laughs) what i did (laughs) so the the shingle shot is that just a is that straight in the arm yeah right in the right in the arm and uh i was thinking hey why don't we just i don't understand like why i'm like hey we should do it in the in the hip 
uh, because if it's, you know, they're like, it can cause a lot of discomfort to the, you know, to the localized area. And I'm like, well, why don't we just put it in a larger muscle mass? Yeah. And then she's like, no, we're doing it in the arm. Oh, all right. Oh, gosh. All right. Fine. I had a, so I, I pulled my <laughs> pants up and. I once had a guy, uh, I, uh, I believe he was a doctor, but I, I once had a guy who they had to give me a shot. Um, they gave me a shot in my hip uh, using a a needle with a camera on it because they had to go to a very specific spot. And then they went into my hip and they literally removed some of the bone marrow from my hip for a test that they had to do. And when he was drilling into my, not drilling in when he was entering my hip with his needle, that sounds weird. Uh, <laughs> uh, he was talking to me about the halo video game. And he was telling me how he had played Halo so much, that's what made him good at directing the needle where it needed to go. Mm. Within two, maybe three seconds of him saying that, I screamed in pain, and he then said, sorry, I got it a little too close to your hip bone there, and there's a lot of nerves in that area. I apologize. So apparently his his Halo playing did jack shit for him. (laughs) He could have been way worse before Halo, (laughs) Exactly, yeah. You, you put need a Cortana to help you find this? Yeah, put it right up the butthole. They uh, should give him one of the controller for that then. Yeah. yeah. All right, Steve, what did you do last week? It better have something to do with doctors. Um, no. Oh. I, I, I'm sitting here wondering, like, what the hell is wrong with these two? Like, I, I don't go very often. Uh, when I go, it's usually, you know, electively. Um, and I say that next week I'll be at the doctor and then you are driven by in an suv and you wave at people and you go right back to your house again Uh uh-huh yeah that's what i did (laughs) so uh i guess you know uh you know lots of things happen but something fun um different uh happened i i was contacted by a couple of nice um gentlemen from the uk and they would like me to uh be a guest on their podcast and i know i had mentioned this beforehand and you guys were worried that i was going to break up with you and this is how i'm i'm i was going to do it and it i mean it is eerily like you know tracy's book turned out but no that's not the case i'm just going to be a i'm just going to be a guest guys it's not that big of a deal i have questions okay how did they find you? What is the reason for contacting you? And what is the premise of this podcast? Okay. So that's a, that's a great question. And uh, it's something that I, I tried to engage you with earlier, uh, Johnson, but you just, you rebuffed my advances. And so we're going to have to have to work this out another way. There is, um, there is a book series that I am a fan of a really big fan of this book series. All right, here um, it goes. Is this where you talk about bread in a can and the marshmallow paste again? Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. That book series. And, um, and these guys are starting up a podcast to talk about the, talk about the books and they needed, they needed guests. So they put a call out for it. Um, anybody have a microphone and, you know, podcast experience. We'd like to, you know, talk about these uh, books or yeah, any, no, I think the first question was, is there anyone out there? interested in this and then do you have a microphone uh tonight i it's in the shop tonight my microphone's in the shop i, uh, I feel like yeah. there's, at first you have to scour all the bread in the can subreddits that you can that's where you start with this <laughs> yes and then you put so, out the, the open call 
So it's not, um, so it, it's kind of funny. So the, the book series, it's all this, this sci, it's this sci-fi thing, but part of it is um, the main character makes these sandwiches out of peanut butter and marshmallow fluff and call them fluffernutters, right? So the podcast is actually called the fluffernutter podcast and it's, it's brand new. They're starting it up. And um, I had a meeting with these guys uh, last week and they were, and we chatted back and forth about the books a little bit. It's like, Oh, great. This would be great. So, um, you know, when can you be on? I said, well, just, you know, let me know when you want to do it. So they want to have me on, like they've done show zero, just the two of them. And this next one's going to be show one where they talk about the first book. So uh, I'm going to be on there talking about the first book. Two follow-up questions. <clears throat> yeah. First one is, did you explain to them that a truly great podcast does absolutely zero prep work ahead of the show and just hits the record button and watches what happens? <laughs> I did not. Okay. But, yeah. I, but they definitely they definitely have listened to our show to make sure that I'm not just, like, terrible. But that Two. would mean that if they did listen to the show, they would know that I'm terrible. <laughs> they wouldn't want they would right. be on because I, you hear me just blubber through like everything I do. The second question I have is are these fans of the books or are these people actually associated with, the, I'm unclear. Are these like the authors of the book or is this people who really like these, this book series? It's not the authors of the books. It's just fans of the book Got series. It. Okay. So okay. there's a, there's a Facebook, um, there's a Facebook page dedicated to all the fans of this book series. It's really very popular on audible, especially. Um, and, uh, and it's very, very, it's a very active community of fans. It's very new. Like since I think 2015 is when it started. What are they and called? What's the, what's the series? The series is expeditionary force. Um, and the first book is called Columbus day. And um, the first book, it takes a little while to get to, where it gets interesting, but it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of setup because it's all necessary. And then once you get to the, the payoff, it's, it's funny all the way through. It's, 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 it's pretty hilarious, but it's also very army. It's very sci-fi, but it's very accessible. It's not, it's not a whole bunch of relationships between these, you know, crazy names that you're never going to remember and well, I'm stuff out. like that. They make it. They make it a lot easier for you to kind of grasp the world. So you don't have to get too nuts about so it. So this is a. So uh, all right. So this is about fans of Craig Allenson's yes. series. And uh, and uh, so when does this event occur? And so we can follow it. Because... When, oh, when, when does the when does the, the yes. so, uh, this week? Um, I'm supposed to record it with them. I'll tell so. you, Dave, this is exactly how it went. <laughs> this is, uh, yeah. I, I'm okay. excited. I, uh, nobody else ever wants to talk to me. So it's kind of fun. Uh, for and, and I literally had to go like to a completely different country. Um, well, I'm, I'm just glad you uh, came to us in a more forthright way. Uh, we had uh, issues with you on the old show also yeah. about yeah. – uh, do you remember that ship. other pad podcast? How much do we love? Yep. And the uh, yep. the the shipment that came to you with the recordings that he'd been recording them. Well, or, yeah. I think you were more offended when you saw my face on Podcaster Weekly. 
um, and you <laughs> yeah, guys weren't yeah. and you guys weren't on there. Yeah. That was that was hard for every. I think that was hard for everybody after yeah. a while. I'm not gonna drudge that all up, but anyway, good luck. We'll be watching you. <laughs> oh, I know. Years. You, you will be bored out of your mind. But no, yeah, you don't you don't know that. I actually had come to Dave um, uh, <laughs> earlier in the week saying, "Hey, Dave." I, I know you hate it when people come to you with video game ideas, but I'm telling you somebody needs to jump on this series and grab it either for um, TV, but I think it would make a really great video game. And it's got a lot of, it's got a lot of opportunity for a lot of playability, different kinds of play, different kinds of thing, different, different levels, like kind of like red deadish only across the galaxy. I told Steve so. that's my second least favorite with my first least favorite thing for a friend to come to me and say, second least favorite is I've got a great idea for a video game. I think you guys should make this. First is I need a logo. Really straightforward. It's a very simple logo. I can't pay you for it, but I'm totally fine with you putting it in your portfolio as one of your pieces of artwork. So it'll help us both out. That's number one. Number two is yeah. I've got a video game idea. And Steve's response, his text back was, I think I've asked you for both of those. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the equivalent of, I have a friend who's a photographer and uh, he gets that all the time. Like, hey, will you take pictures at my daughter's wedding? We can't pay you, but you can stay for the reception right. and have cake. Right. Oh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and I mean, yeah there's yeah that's that's terrible what not really, even getting into the band things oh god yeah but dave really what i was just telling you is i i know you know people tell those people to look into it that's all just somebody <laughs> is going to score big time on getting this, this thing is i don't the, want yeah, you to make this, it this is the yeah but still just do it yeah but it, still yeah. but but listen but still just, yeah just just do it i just, will just just do it. I will. Yeah. I will. And, I will. Uh, check out the books because they're actually quite. Uh, they're actually quite funny. Listen to them because they're hysterical. But right. uh, yeah. Anything else this week, Steve? Nothing that I want to get into. Uh, not really. No. All right. Well, let's keep the show rolling and find out what Tracy has in the headlines. And now, straight from the Dave and Steve Show news desk in beautiful Anytown, USA Plaza. It's Tracy Green with this week's headlines. Our first story, a London man who had put some old clothes into a donation bin, later called firefighters to rescue a cat that turned out to be a battery-operated toy. <laughs> like like the Ibo thing? Like, like the, the Sony... <laughs> Pet or what? If we're 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 exactly 15 seconds into the story, and there's already been way more twists and turns than I can comprehend. I because my brain was gonna. I thought you were gonna say he put a bunch of of clothes in a storage bin and then had to call authorities because he accidentally put his wife in there. Like I thought she was in the clothes, and then you went to what I thought was gonna be just a cat. Now it sounds like it's a battery operated cat. So please, please continue. Alan McElligot an associate professor at nearby London University, tweeted photos showing the scene that unfolded after he put some items, items into a bin and heard a meow. Police and firefighters responded to the scene and agreed that there seemed to be some sounds 
of a trapped cat, possibly two cats, inside the container. One of the officers suggested we drop food in there in case the cats had been in there for days. So he went to a nearby store and had the because he had his car nearby and <laughs> bought some wet cat food. The fire brigade eventually turned up and used the heavy tools to open the bin. Once it was open, there was no sign of cats. So the firefighters looked around and moved some pieces of clothing around and picked up the uh, toy cat that was meowing. So that's an associate professor that's never going to get tenure. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, Still man. many questions but around it. Like, the thing is, is they, they dumped a bunch of wet cat food all over the donation <laughs> Let's get some wet cat food in there. Yeah. They probably didn't have access to water either. So they were thinking that the food would hydrate them as well. I, I suspect. There, there, but, there, uh, listen, there's still a bunch of very poor, but very warm kids who just happen to smell like fancy feast. Now it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like, so sir, uh, for this report, we need to know, like, what is your, uh, occupation and i'd be like i'm an associate uh garbage man <laughs> certainly not a professor or anyone yeah. smart yeah. <laughs> just a garbage guy dustman the officer goes to put in the uh the money to expense that can <laughs> of uh cat food and he's just like no, I'm, I'm just i'm just gonna eat this all yeah. right I'm, I'm, yeah mm. great that story ended up being funny. <laughs> I like how this, how much this story has tickled Tracy. So our second story, a man in France accidentally had blown up part of his house while trying to chase a fly with a electric SWAT. I don't know. <laughs> oh, God, I got you. So, hey, it's so one anyway, of those... the man in the, uh, yes, yeah, one of those swatter things. One of the electric tennis rackets. Yes, exactly. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, they, they, they called them an electric SWAT there in, uh, in uh, France. So the man in his 80s was eating his dinner on Friday evening when he became annoyed at a fly buzzing around him. He picked up the electronic fly SWAT and took, uh, took aim at it. He was unaware of a gas cylinder leakage in his home uh, in, in the village area where he lives. The reaction occurred, uh, occurred between the SWAT and the gas, causing an explosion and part of his kitchen to blow up. Blast also damaged a section of his roof, and the house is currently uninhabitable. One of the funniest things I have ever seen in my life was I was up camping with that same crew of friends that I feel like I have four million stories from. One of them had brought up one of those electric fly swatter tennis racket thingies, and as the drinks flowed throughout the night, somebody decided that they were going to they were going to see if they could have it touched to their tongue. So they stuck their tongue out and the person kept telling them, stick it out further, stick it out further. So they stuck their tongue out as far as they could, thinking the person was just going to lightly touch it against the tongue. But instead, what he did was smacked him in the face with it and then twisted it. So his tongue was caught between <laughs> the, the strands of the tennis racket and then pushed it over and over and over again while this poor man screamed with this thing, with his twisted tongue. And we were cackling so hard around the campfire. In hindsight, listen, the guy's not going to die from it. It was pretty funny, but it was also a terribly cruel thing to do. 
All the funniest things are cruel things. Steve to looks do. disgusted by this story. Did you never go to campfire parties like this, Steve? <clears throat> um, not like that. Not like that. <laughs> we we sang songs and we roasted marshmallows, <laughs> but I don't I don't recall ever um, giggling at somebody <laughs> swatting somebody in the mouth with an electric shocking my favorite part of that was that in hindsight you realize that person had to have had that done to them unless they were some type of diabolical genius that was done to them at some point to make them think that if you smacked it on quickly so the tongue went through all the strings and then twisted it you would catch the tongue inside the strings and be able to shock them at your whim that is amazing foresight and planning yes around something Yeah, there's no doubt that person is uh, uh, successful. But they didn't blow up a Very house. Successful. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. Our third story, five foul-mouthed parrots have had to be separated after encouraging each other to swear at a Lincolnshire Zoo in England. I've had exactly, I've had experience with exactly two talking birds in my life. One is the one that my sister and her husband currently own who will say a few things that it's it's almost like a, when a parent has to translate a baby or a, a toddler speaking, you can't quite understand it, but they tell you this is what they're saying, and then you're like, oh, I guess I can hear that. The other one was Steve's family. Steve's family had a bird that was named Wally. As far as I know, the the one thing that they taught Wally with great success was to say, hello, Wally. So the bird sat around saying hello Wally all the time, even though Wally was the name of the bird. Mm -hmm. Didn't teach it to say like hello Sharon or hello Ron or hello any other hello Steve. No, none of the members of the family. The bird said hello to itself constantly. Yeah, that's, it did that's that. the thing that happens when you, 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 you say hello to the bird and then they're, they're hearing that Correct. over and over. That, that bird talked a lot of shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it did um it but it's uh let's see what what else it would whistle um go team go and then say go team go at the end of it it, it, it would like and it, it would also um sing don't worry be happy which uh seemed like a good idea at the time <laughs> steve and did they did they because i don't remember that bird passing away did they give that bird away or sell it him. Right. No, <laughs> right. Um, so it went to my grandmother. Um, Who ate him as a, like a cruel joke. <laughs> like, I don't know, but I, I they got along for a while. Um, and well, then it, it got too much for her to, to take care of. And so, and that's what added... I was going to say. Like, I don't, I'm not implying anything like this is every story of every bird I've ever heard of who anybody who's had one of these things or has been in contact eventually it just gets to be too much the bird doesn't shut up the bird doesn't stop moving and needing attention it's it is like having some kind of like chimpanzee in your almost, truck. almost like it's, it's like, not a good it's not a good pet my right dad, yeah my dad had a uh, uh a budgie parakeet and he was he was a just a filthy stupid hateful bird yeah they always seem to be uh, he, mean he was absolutely mean. He was just in. So 
my dad, like he was just great with my dad, but my dad would always be like, Oh, just put your finger up there. It's just fine. You'd put your finger just six inches from him. His beak is all open. Just bring it here. Bring it here. Bring it here. I'll bite it off. He would pull his own feathers out on his chest. So he was like just bald on his chest. He would just make all kinds of crazy noises when I, I, when it was my turn to clean his cage or feed him, he'd go absolutely nuts. He'd get on my shoulder and bite my ear. I hated that bird so much. And now that you've said that, so Steve, you remember my mom, she, I mean, they might've even been common law and married. They were together for so long. Denny, who my mom, it was her boyfriend for a long time. I forgot that he had a bird as well named Popeye and Denny had scars up and down his arms because that parrot had such a hooked beak and it would just, I mean, just chilling like on his shoulder or whatever. And it would like trot down his arm and they were good friends and it would just dig into his arm and cause blood and a huge scar. And he'd fling it across the room and it'd squawk at him. And I've never had, I've never met anybody who had a great success story with owning a bird, owning a, owning a large bird. Yeah. I, I had a, uh, I had a, a parakeet named Duke that was pretty cool. Um, I I enjoyed that, and and he lived for he lived for quite a while, and then he ended up passing away. Did you but, win uh, Duke at the fair? I did not, because um, we had, had two a... parakeets that we won at the fair. That's why I was asking. I have a great I have a great story um, in, involving a state patrol officer and um, and my father and uh, Duke. As soon as we. Uh, um, so the day we bought him uh, in Yakima, it was, it was, it was a great day. I'll, t- I'll tell that story some, some other time. Oh, oh that uh, was a lot of buildup for no story. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's. Well, it's, these five parrots named Billy, Eric, Tyson, Jade, and Elsie, if you're keeping score at home, uh, we're at the colony of uh, 200 gray parrots uh, in the zoo in uh, August. It didn't take them long to ruffle feathers with their foul language. So as people guess, they just said, and apparently they would just egg each other on. So if they're near each other, they just got to swearing. So we saw it very quickly. Uh, we are quite used to parrots swearing, but we've never had five doing it at the same time. <laughs> right. Steve Nichols, CEO of the Wild of the Wildlife Park. Um, so the, most parents uh, parrots clam up, but for some reason these five would just relish it. I, I really want um, Willie and Dave's um, comic strip to now like be trying to get these five back together. Right. Like it, it's a, it's a thing like the, the, the UK five or whatever. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> trying to get these parrots back together. Yeah. Um, I think that should be a thing. Hey, Tracy. Yes. Third on the list. I got, a, I got a great idea for a funny comic strip you could do with that comic strip of yours. Right? Yeah, yeah, but but still, but still, the the parrot should be uh, the swearing parrot would be fun. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do them all. I'm gonna uh, do all five. Just, uh, number one on my list, time. and I know you didn't ask, was uh, uh, money advice from poor people. Oh uh, yeah, um, you right hate, there. You hate poor people, I know. Yeah, I have for many, many years. So yeah. anyway, our fourth story tonight, the Danish toy maker Lego is investing 310 million pounds in an effort to create its colorful bricks using sustainable materials. But its quest to find an alternative to oil-based plastics has been quite difficult so far. Yeah, it turns out that stuff is pretty strong and, and lasts forever. 
and it's hard to find things that strong that last that long. By the yeah. way, that's, uh, that's $400 million. Uh, it's, it's, uh, yeah. You don't have to that. say it in British pounds. I mean, come on. Yeah, I need him pound sterling, please. So for five years, a team of more than 150 engineers and scientists have been testing many different plant-based and recycled materials, but making sure that the bricks can stick together while coming apart easily has been a challenge. Okay, they've never mastered that. Those bricks never come apart easily. That's why you have to use your teeth, and that's why kids lose teeth. Because I used to think so, but one uh, several years ago, we found uh, at uh, at a large toy store that doesn't exist anymore uh, bricks made by Tyco, and so Tyco had bricks that were compatible with Lego bricks, and that so we got this huge set of them. And one thing about them, their fit was so tight, you could not pull them apart. And we, our kids still have some, like every day, my four-year-old will bring me something. And I know he's like, I can't get these apart. And I know there's a Tyco yeah. brick somehow in the middle of that. That and is so, going to take the tip of your thumb clean off as you try to do it. Because you always get it by that corner and then your thumb slips off of it and it just rakes your thumb. I've yeah, I've bled trying yeah. to to get them off, and now I just I just make sure it's my four year old bleeding instead. But Lego executive Tim Brooks said the company has been testing how to use bio polyethylene, a type of plastic made from ethanol that produced that's produced using sugarcane for its hard bricks. And they said he said that they do taste delicious, but they're still very difficult. Uh, to take apart and sometimes require pliers and wrenches. So do you guys not treat your bricks before you use them? Do you not like take them and treat them? Treat them like how? Like with silicone or something? Treat treat them like a lady, Tracy. That's step three. I take the, um, I take the Lego bricks once we get them. And I usually get like uh, two cans of Crisco. Um, I'll empty out one of them and, uh, and put it on the table, like I'll yeah. just smear it on the table, and I'll smear the bricks on the table. But then I'll take, um, I'll take whatever won't fit on the table, I'll just put them into the Crisco. I'll just dip them in the Crisco, and then then I'll then I'll put them then I'll put them together because then they'll slip right on. They'll just they'll go right on. They'll come right off. Is this yeah. a butter flavored Crisco? It doesn't matter. It can be butter flavor or whatever. But don't, like, if you're trying to pull them apart then and they're covered in Crisco, doesn't that make the bricks slick? Well, it, 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 you still have more surface area of your fingers touching the brick and it's, it's slippery inside where the pegs fit in. So it, it, it all, it all works out. Yeah, we've uh, we've been treating our bricks since we since we got. I'm kidding. This is not a thing. Well, so so I literally just looked up Crisco Lego, and I was about to say like I can't find anything on this anywhere. So I was I was buying it. Don't go to that website. That doesn't sound like a website. (laughs) No, 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 no. Don't go. I was like, this is this is crazy. I don't see anything about this. Any like, there's got to be a Pinterest entry somewhere. Because I I got into. I was like, why would I get two things of Crisco? Now I'm now I'm now I'm having to back it up. I'm like, oh well, you well you take one of them and you put it all over. It, 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 then none of that made sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hate being lied to. I'm sorry. Anyway, what I did was I pretended it was real, and then I told you the story. Yeah, it's not a lie well, if you believe it's that, real. Hey, 
Hey, that's the news, fellas. Okay. All right. Very quick break here on the Dave and Steve Show. We'll be right back after this word from our friends at Wild Horse Pizza. Satisfaction. Just in time for summer, Wild Horse Pizza brings you the extra cheesy, extra saucy, extra tasty, sizzling hot meat pizza deal. <laughs> Buy either a meat lover's pizza or present a valid ID that you're over 50 and female, and Wild Horse Pizza will knock three bucks off of your purchase. And remember, whether you're a hot podcaster ordering extra cheese or a podcaster's mom craving extra meat, Wild Horse Pizza will satisfy you in 30 minutes or less, or it's free. Wild Horse Pizza. <laughs> She'll go 300 hectares on a single tank of kerosene. What country is this car from? It no longer exists, but take her for a test drive, and you'll agree. Zagreb Ebnem Zlotikdiev. Put it in H! In the United States, we live in a vast country that spans an entire continent with great open expanses of territory that is ideal for driving. The Great Western Expansion is more romanticized by Route 66 than any horse-pulled wagon train. Our country was made for cars. It's hard to imagine what automobiles are like outside of the United States. You wouldn't know that perfectly respectable cars are made in places like Russia, China, Malaysia, and even Ghana. In the US, where a car would get a bad review for not having enough cup holders, cars in other countries are more agricultural and built for utility rather than comfort. They must be able to run on diesel or benzene and be able to handle harsh climates and handle Dave's wife backing into them while still being affordable. We don't see cars like the Kantanka the Lada, or even the Daihatsu in the United States because our market nitpicks over the nice-to-haves instead of the must-haves. This has been Tracy's Dave's Corolla is still nicer than my car. Minute. I don't, even with the bent gas line, I don't know. I don't know I, about that. When you said they also need to run on benzene, I, for a second, I thought you meant Benzedrine. And I'm like... <laughs> Wow. Get them hopped up. Yes. Uh, now, so benzene is a popular term for uh, uh, gasoline in most of the world. So one of the things that, uh, and we, we won't spend a lot of time on this, but one of the things that also happened this week that I feel like at least Steve and I are incredibly excited over, ACDC released their first teaser for their upcoming song off their brand new album, and we're going to play the snippet. I don't see how we can get in trouble for this because it's so damn short. And I will say this. So first of all, ACDC is always going to sound like ACDC. Like they've, yeah. that's that's yeah. the same song you've heard from them 500 times. I get that. Sure. 
Brian Johnson, if I'm not mistaken, and Steve, you can fact check me on this. I believe the man turned 74 years old this week. 73. 73. 73 years old, and they're still putting out rock albums. And frankly, listen, a guy who sings like that shouldn't have been able to think about any other singer who sings like that. They tend to develop weird polyps on their vocal cords. They have to have all these kind of surgeries. Not only has he never had that, the man smokes, he drinks, he is not taking great care of himself, and yet he can still do that. And yes, I know his voice doesn't sound like it did on Back in Black, however many years ago that was, but that's, for a 74-year-old dude, that's pretty, that's, yeah, that's but, pretty but amazing. Yeah, but Lemmy's voice was going too toward the end, and sure. he wasn't able to growl those highs and growl those lows like he used to. It is it it is pretty crazy and it's it touches back on something we talked about a few shows ago now about how there I it's hard for me to see who the replacement is in the modern rock era for an ACDC or for a Rolling Stones or for an Aerosmith or for a Led Zeppelin like go down your list and like we are seeing the sort of twilight of those like massive massive rock bands and I, I I'll take anything that any of them put out at this point okay yeah i i i would agree with that all right uh, I, I know I, i'm i'm super stoked too like i saw it and i'm like i am going to be able to take my kid to see acdc well yeah that's, this, that's my this hope. news missed this news missed me i uh i didn't see it but uh, i mean my kids it's it's strange because the who had a song about this was uh uh pictures of lily and maybe you remember this steve right <laughs> Yeah. It was about the boy that had fallen in love with this woman that he saw on a poster, and he didn't realize that the, the woman was really kind of a, someone his dad loved and had long been gone, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so you're introducing your children to these bands that they, if they saw them, they would see them in full decay, right? Right, yeah. right. But they, they, their catalog, though, they are beginning to fall in love with, and you realize that they may never get to see them or maybe, you know, and I know with my kids, there's a there's a couple of bands that uh, that they are wondering if they're going to be able to see ever again in their lifetime. I don't think your kids are ever going to get to see Wasp. I'm just going to put that out uh, there. Well, yeah. you know what? Um, it is it is a possibility. And if it can happen anywhere on the West Coast, yeah. that definitely is going to happen. But actually, first on my kids list actually was Deep Purple. Oh, yeah. My kids, <laughs> my kids, first on my kids' wish list is White Lion, oh. but with all original members. It has to oh, be the original. That's, <laughs> that's going to be tough. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. The, uh, I'm kidding. Did you say Dawkins? Is that what you said? I did. Okay. I did. That was, that was kind of low. I think. I know. Uh, I know. And uh, no, they, they, um, I'm not going to get into that because that would be, just make me angry. So let's just, uh, let's talk about something else. So we we are. We're going to do that now. And Steve, you actually brought tonight's topic to the table tonight for the crew here. So I'm going to let you sort of tee this up. All right. So are you wandering around the place that you live, the house, the apartment or whatever, and you encounter these things in everyday life, um, tools or an item that you need at your house, but it just doesn't work right. It doesn't it doesn't sit right in your hand or you've never been able to make it work or somebody else, it, it, even more, um, you know, infuriating, uh, takes it out of your hand and they're able to make it work 
no problem. Like, what are the things in your house that you hate? That like the items that you have to interact with from time to time that you absolutely hate and you and you wish you could get rid of, um, or you found that when you did get rid of it, you were you were far happier than you really needed to be. So let me um, let me throw something out there because you that we didn't really discuss this at all, other than you saying I have this idea, and you tell me if I'm off with what you're asking here. The example I have that springs to mind very quickly is we have. 400 Phillips head screwdrivers. Okay. We don't have a single Phillips head screwdriver that isn't gnarled to the point of no longer looking like a Phillips head screwdriver. Therefore, when you have to tighten, loosen, remove any kind of Phillips head screw, you can't find one and it strips. You immediately try to use the best one you can find, which immediately strips out the screw and then you're screwed. And every time I buy a brand new very nice Phillips head screwdriver. That's the one that's lost immediately. Am I on the right yeah. track here? Um, yes, you're absolutely on the right track. That that would definitely um, classify. I would tell you to throw away every single screwdriver that is gnarled that you. Yeah, that you, you, don't like. you would think one would do that, right? But we don't. We do, we th yeah. because then you wouldn't have a Phillips head screwdriver when you needed one. Uh, you, you, you need to you, when you get the new one you need to throw all of the other ones away so that now the new one becomes far more important right we do that with ballpoint pens uh like i i don't know if because I, I grew up poor or hang, something hang like on that, you try to get like, phillips head screws out with a ballpoint pen exactly. i haven't tried this no it's like but when they go dry um like i don't know if it's because like my mom one time said no 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 we can get it working again or something and he never threw anything away in our house when i was little but i've only just begun when a pen doesn't work it, it always got went, put back in the pen drawer then when you actually needed a pen you'd go through six or seven yeah yeah and so finally i just realized maybe in the last five years i i can throw them away yeah and it's okay <laughs> It's, it's okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. You've, uh, you've brought me great joy. You know, one of the I things you can do, Tracy, to preserve your ballpoint pens longer is dip them in Crisco. Mm -hmm. I, I, I've never heard that. You need, two, you need two cans <laughs> of Crisco. One of, one of them needs to be butter flavored. Well, here, yeah. let me write this down. God damn um, it. This pen's dry. <laughs> so, so what, what sparked this was, um, I, I have a hard time with can openers. Like I can't make them work 100%. Like if I could get it, if I could pop it on there and then rotate it around. So it made it all the way around the can without skipping over a piece or coming off the track or whatever. And then having to dip it, then having to cut it. And it drives me up the wall. And so I got so frustrated with my old can opener that I, I, Look, I researched which can openers because I'm not buying another shitty can opener. I'm going to get a really good can sure, opener. Sure. I, I, I'm prepared to pay up to $20 for a pair. You for shut your opener. mouth. I know. Did, I know. Hey, did you know that you can actually just use a Phillips head screwdriver and jam the can open with that? It'll it'll screw your your Phillips head screwdriver all to hell, but the, you'll the get in the can. Yeah. Comes open, yeah. Yeah. There have been times when I have mangled a can so badly with the old can opener that I've I've pulled out the Swiss Army knife and used that can opener and just said, "Yeah, screw it." And it takes a minute, but it 
it works every time. So we have two very distinct kinds of can openers in our house. We have two. We have one that is the absolute old school rotated around and the and the metal part of the lid that you've now cut falls down into the thing that you were trying to open and you got to like push on one side and teeter totter it out and pull it out. And then we have one of the newfangled ones that cuts around the underside of the the lip of the can. And when you're done, it's still there in place, and you use the little plier things on the can opener to pull the lid off. The one that you're talking about, is it the old school? It's the yeah, old school style. Okay. Cuts the, the, thing, yeah. the thing with those, the one that the, the one that cuts around the outside of the can is genius. But the thing I can't, because it's just different enough from the one that I grew up with yeah. that I can't yeah. I can't remember how to get it yeah. on, get it latched on. I'll spend 10 minutes trying to quietly not trying to draw attention to myself, figure yeah. out. Cause once you're, cause somebody will go, Oh, here, I'll do it. Yeah. And you can't ever figure this, this out. This is what I was going to say. Cause if, if Steve had said it was the new one, that's exactly what I was going to say is I wind up, I literally dent the rim of the can trying to get this thing onto the track and started. And then my mom comes over and we give her that can opener. Forget about it. She's just not eating. She'll die. She'll starve to death because she just she she tries it once for three and a half seconds and then she's like, "I'm not doing this," and she's out. So I was I was just curious, Steve. <laughs> no, it's that it, it, it's very much like that. I um there, there's a few like we were getting we got rid of our we finally got the the fridge um in by the way that does the the fancy ice right I got uh, I got six balls of ice right now. Thanks um, for holding up six fingers. So we know how much yeah. six is. Six balls of ice. Um, that's a drop. Well, the um the the thing I like I was I was so happy to see that dishwasher go. Like I, I don't realize I didn't realize how much I really ha hated that dishwasher until it was like leaving. And I it was like they were carrying it out and I wanted to yell at it as it was being <laughs> like, I never liked you. You're never gonna leave our dishes dirty again. You know, it's nothing like that. So it's, we it, had in our neighborhood, we had a bear that was wandering for some time. I think I told you guys about it on the show. This does not qualify as things in your house that you don't like. I, I, I hate that bear. No. Uh, so the, the, the bear, the bear at a certain point, the bear had gotten into our garbage cans. Now think of just your standard, like with the wheels on it that you roll out to the curb garbage can with a flip open lid on it. Bear had gotten into the garbage can, destroyed the handle on it to where the handle hangs by a thread now and everything. I asked for a replacement garbage can, explained to them what had happened well over three months ago. So I now have this garbage can that every single time I have to drag it out to the curb, it's holding on by a thread. Pieces of garbage fall out of it because when you pull on the handle to drag it along behind you, it literally opens up the tear in the garbage can. So things fall out onto the ground. I curse that thing every single time I take it up to the garbage now. And every single week, I get the slap in the face email of, we were not able to replace your garbage can this week. We will try again next week. And I've called them. It's not anything I'm doing wrong. They literally, there's a apparently a garbage can shortage right now. The supplier that supplies garbage cans has told them there's this big shortage. And so- it's what the uh, liberal media wants you to believe. <laughs> it's it's taking them a long time to get it there. So the, the garbage can, I curse the garbage can every single week when I take it to the curb. Steve, you're muted. I, I thought I was unmuting. <laughs> um, so I was really uh, trying to come up with a plan 
for how could you make it look like it, it was the garbage collector's fault. Like you, like you cut it just enough that they yeah. like, Oh my gosh, I yeah. just broke the garbage can. But no, I don't. Think I jump cool. out behind the tree, Tommy boy style and say, what'd you do? Like one of those. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. For me, the one appliance in my house that I absolutely hate, and it doesn't matter about the quality of it because we have a really, really good dishwasher. Mm-hmm. But the dishwasher is maybe the most inefficient and dumbest appliance in the kitchen. It truly is. The time it takes to load it, the time it decide like when it doesn't get run and it's simply just a container for dirty dishes. And then like, then this one doesn't have a lock on it. This one just has a light on it that lets you know that it's clean. Um, it's a, uh, I don't want to get into the brand name of it, but uh, it's like we got it in the last uh, three or four years. It's a Daihatsu. Really? It's a Daihatsu, yes. And so, um, but the, it doesn't have a lock on it. And so we, the lock used to be a thing. It was, we had a really old dishwasher yep. that had the, the lever with the, the lock. Pull over handle that you had to like yeah. click into place. Yeah. So what happened was this. When, it was, when you pulled on it and it was locked, you knew that what was in it was clean because it was locked and right. run it's clean. Right. So if you pulled something out of it, you could signal to the next person that it was still clean by locking it again. Yeah. So it was this yep. really, really, so this one doesn't have a lock. It just has lights and stuff on it. Half yeah. the time, I don't know what any of those lights are, but no, it's confused That's my because whole family. They, they don't Send us ad- into an uproar. They don't adhere to any lighting standard. There is no like green is good red is bad there's no it it is literally like it's either red or it's blue well what does that mean i don't i don't know what red means i don't know what blue means and the moment that you open the dishwasher and close it again all the lights shut off so now you have no idea like you said what's inside so i spend at least an hour of my life every week telling my kids whether or not the dishes in the dishwasher are clean or dirty are the dishes yeah. clean, Dad? Yeah. I don't know. Open it up and look. I can't tell. Okay, I'll get up and look. Those are definitely dirty. Go ahead and put your like. It, that's all I do. No, it's it's made me insane because like if there's like we've had popcorn and there's like we have a like a steel popcorn bowl that we tend to like. There's it shouldn't see it should. It's the easiest thing to wash. It's easy to wash by hand. It blocks water in the dishwasher. It should never see the inside of the damn thing. But now I'm so unhappy. Right. About the dishwasher. Now I'm yelling about the bowl in the kitchen. This is yeah. what it's become. And because I'm home all the time and I work all the time and I'm out at home and on the weekends I'm home when the weather turns bad, it's turned me into a guy that yells about the bowl in the kitchen. I mean, and I don't know, I'm ready to yell it about other things too. But one thing, I hate the dishwasher. I think it's stupid. And when I clean up after dinner, I'll do a lot of the dishes by hand. I'm absolutely fed up with the dishwasher. I'm so angry right now. I need, I need, this has been Tracy's pissed off dishwasher minute. (laughs) Yeah, we, we may very well get there. I have maybe a couple minutes in there. (laughs) It's going to just be a bunch of bleeping expletives at the end. (laughs) Steve, you are, uh, for me, you are a Marvel and this isn't a household appliance per se. But I always marvel at, I would hate playing the drums. And I would hate playing the drums just from the standpoint of, with a guitar, you take it out of the case, you tune the six strings, you're ready to go. 
I have watched you set up and tear down your drums hundreds of times. And mm -hmm. every single time, it looks like the biggest pain in the ass I have ever seen in my life. And yet you do this year over week after week, year after year. This is what you do as a drummer. And I, I, I think I would, even if I had gotten into drums, I would have played them for roughly a month and I would have checked out because I would have had to tear them down and set them up for the first time. It's, um, it, 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 it's a colossal pain in the butt. And it, it's trying to figure out, I mean, it's, it goes beyond setting up and taking down it. it it's like, where, where do you store them in the house? Like it's a, it's a become a problem, you know, yeah. at the house, like well, that, that takes up a lot of square footage. I've right? watched you, you know? try to jockey those things into a car to get them away from a gig. And even that alone is one of the most, I, I, like I, for me, just watching you try to get them all jimmied in there to all fit, it stresses me out. That's the other part is that you always have to have a car that is big enough to haul your your configuration of drums. And if you happen to enjoy playing a nine piece kit, then you need to have a nine piece kit car. Yeah, um, that's that's it's a, that way. Yeah, you know yeah, it's. My my buddy rich will always just kind of look at me with that kind of buddy rich hand but you know your, buddy, my buddy, buddy yeah my, my buddy, buddy rich there you go my buddy rich it's a drummer um the, uh but uh anyway my other friend uh uh gene he uh krupa, that krupa. <laughs> um but he he'll always like look at me like, hey, can you can you help me with these? And then he's got like a 14 inch tom and a 12 inch tom, and the cases look the same. Oh, and he's like, no, that one's got to go in like this. And and then and then he's got the carpet with the placement and all those things, and just yeah. oh, good that's, lord, that's that's one is. of the things Steve has always been great about. Maybe it's for that reason of he's got a very specific way things need to go in. But even when it comes to setup, Steve never asks for help. Now, there's a lot of times where we will go out and help him carry stuff in or whatever because we're, I mean, we've tuned the six strings on our guitar. We're ready to go. So we'll go help <laughs> Steve get things out of the car and bring them in. But even if we don't, Steve has just reserved himself. He has steeled himself to this is what he's chosen to play. Therefore, there's going to be some setup involved in getting to do the thing he likes to do, and he will do it. Now, the, 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 the trade-off there is that when Steve's drums are set up, Steve plays the drums. And if the rest of us are still in the middle of setting up, Steve plays the drums. And so if you're That's trying right. to do sound check or talk to each other, Steve plays the drums. And it's That's very right. difficult at times to communicate, but the, tra the trade-off the other way is that Steve never asks for help from us for the this big set he has. But, but nothing says the band's on stage like the presence of the kit sitting there right that's the thing right. i mean everything else sitting on guitar stands that's nothing the kit says you're there and so it's i you need to show up early so that you get the good space otherwise you're gonna it's like oh you need more space than that yeah i absolutely need more space than that yeah. and then everybody you have to get there and kind of you know uh you know you know, set your camp and, uh, and do it, but it, it's become like the biggest pain is tearing down at the end of the night because it's gotta be, and you want to do it methodically. So it's the same way every time so that it's easier to, 
set it up the next time. But I love, I've really found the joy in putting the drums together before, because that means I am, it's very Zen. It's very focusing. I'm making sure that everything is screwed on tight. Everything is exactly where it needs to be. It's, it's one of the only places that I'm so um, organized and methodical that um, I really feel centered afterwards. And that I, I really feel if I had somebody come in and do it for me, I, I, I would just be, yeah. I would just beside myself. There, there, there have been, there have been many nights playing with Steve in a band where we, we closed down the bar. It's now one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. The band members, when I say the band members, the, the guitar player, the singer, and the bass player are standing around drinking a cold beer, talking to people. There's always people that want to come up and chat, not because we're big stars, but because it's our hometown and we know people, so they want to come and talk to us and everything. And Steve is always the one over in the corner, on his hands and knees, unscrewing something, packing things up. Like, he's got another half hour to hours worth of work ahead of him once that super late bar show has ended he's got to do all that whereas we again throw a guitar in a case and click it closed and that's good enough and we'll come get the rest Wait of the, for stuff the manager in the to pay you yeah yeah, yeah oh my yeah. god and I, well that's the other thing you, you, sometimes you got to drag it out so the manager gets the idea right you know but um it it i'm so tired at the end of the night after playing you know usually it's like three four hours that i'm playing and it it's a, it's a lot. Like I'm burning a lot of calories. I'm really, really tired, but I got to get it done. I, yeah. and, and not only that, once I get it in the car, I still have to drive home and I'm so tired. Yeah. So. And, and many, there have been many nights where Steve has had to do all of that and then drive my drunk ass home first because Steve doesn't <laughs> drink before yeah. driving himself home. So it's, it's even worse, but uh, yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah, that's the other thing. It's like, Hey, is there room for my guitar in there? No, no. no yeah. I mean, when we get finally get back to our drummer's house and then like, he's still got bowls in the dishwasher and I'm freaking <laughs> out on him. Oh, I imagine. And, uh, I imagine. and then I'm crazy. like, Hey, it's been a long night. Let's not, let's yeah. not end it like this. And then I wash him by hand. Well, this did not go where I was expecting it to go, but Steve, do you have any other things around your house to piss you off besides your wife and kid? <laughs> uh, that's a Joe McCarthy question. If I ever that, that did, is, I read that, that wrong. Correct. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, no. I um, I don't have anything else really that I that I. Could, I mean, there's lots of stuff yeah, yeah, that yeah. irritates yeah. me. But um, uh, but yeah, there's there's also next week maybe we do the things that around our house that we absolutely couldn't live without. That oh, we I love absolutely that. love. Yeah, we'll do that. I know where this is going, Tracy. Because I said the thing about his wife and kid, he's going to lead off with how much he loves his wife and kid. And above all else in the house, those are the two things he could not live without. Blah, 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 blah. Here we go. I think you and I should just go on. Transition right into his job and how much he loves that. (laughs) All right. Yeah, I'm I'm probably going to have to make all those disclaimers, but we'll get to the meat and potatoes of it. You, the, (laughs) the, The meat and potatoes are the favorite thing in his house besides his wife and kid. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Uh, we're going to wrap things up. Tracy, anything else to add before we get out of here? No, I'm just uh, glad to be back out of the studio. Uh, quite, so there was a question that came in uh, also from a listener, by the way. 
that said, how did we like being in the same room after, after many, many years? I, I, I mean, I think we talked about this. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I would, I would do that again in a heartbeat. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was, it was a good time and I think we should do it. Um, yeah. I, we, yeah. we still, we agreed, the three of us agreed that we got to figure out what the cadence is, whether it's every five shows, every 10 shows, whatever that is, or, or is it just every sort of quote unquote special number on show 30, on show 50, on whatever. We'll figure it out, but we are definitely going to do that again based on how well that went last time. So thank you, listener. <laughs> Steve, anything else from you? No, I'm good. All right, we're going to wrap things up. Hey, if you want to send in a question or a comment or anything like that, you can send it to the Dave and Steve show at gmail.com. Otherwise, Tracy will just make them up like he did tonight. All right, for Steve, for Tracy, for me, Dave, we will talk to you all next time right here on the Dave and Steve show. <laughs> <laughs>